another episode of Standing Eight. I'm Paul Fitzgerald, and I'm joined by my co-host, three-time world champion boxing hall of famer Jeff Fennick. Great to be here, Paul. And the voice of Australian boxing, Ben Damon. G'day, Paul. Good to be here, mate. A very special guest for us today, one of the greatest jockeys in the history of the sport, Miracle Malcolm Johnson. How are you, Mal? I'm very good, Ben. No need to go overboard, mate. Well, just, uh, <laughs> just tell <laughs> you've got to put yourself in that sort of uh, calibre, don't you? No, Surely. No, well, look, not, not really. Um, I'd, I'd probably say uh, top ten. Well, that's, that's which is pretty handy. Pretty, yeah, which is pretty handy, and I'm I'm very proud of it. But I certainly wasn't the best. Um, and not everyone had a Kingston Town. I no, guess. not everybody had a Kingston Town. And and you know, in sport, uh, truly, it's about being at the right place at the right time. Sometimes, and I was Tommy Smith's stable jockey at the time, and uh, along came Kingston Town. And anybody could have been the stable rider. It could have been Mick Dipman. It could have been uh, Kevin Langby. Uh, whoever was Tommy Smith's stable rider at the time would have got Kingston Town, but I was lucky enough to be there and along he came and things changed. Really interesting. You, like Jeff Fennick, preferred rugby league coming through. That's what you wanted to do. And, um, yep. 100%. And, and, and if they kept it at set weight oh. rather than. <laughs> I'd have loved to play again this I'd have loved to be bigger than I've somebody heard, for once. I've Jesus. heard Malcolm talk about the fact that he was at 14, weighed 25 kilos or something, yeah. and you were able to play against the, the, the kids. You want to tell? True story. Yeah. And, and I don't. Tell fibs. Uh, <laughs> Tom, we right. a few yeah. couple of horses that are going to win it all yeah. lost. That was fibs. Yeah. Will you stay out of this, mate? <laughs> right. um, as a kid growing up, and, and, and this is a true story, I, I, I played for Country Against City uh, Rugby League in 1970. And I come down to my first trip down to Sydney, I come down to Penrith Park and I captained Country Against City playing rugby league. But in those days, and some of the you, you blokes are too young to remember, but in those days it was all weight division. You used to go to a football carnival, they'd weigh you in, put a stamp on your wrist. Yeah. And as so you were you playing against guys four or five years old when you were 20? Hang on, hang on. What <laughs> Man, he was. He'll <laughs> tell you the story. Did I just tell you to <laughs> shut up for a minute? <laughs> right. The stamp on my wrist was four stone seven. Now, you worked that out, four stone seven's. 26 kilos. Yeah, yeah it's 26, something like that. Something like that right? yeah. No, it's not. Well, how is it? What is it then? Well, did you work it out? Well, well, tw- well how many kilos is it to a stone? Oh, here we go. Oh, here well, we it's, go. He's a mathematician so now. We've only got 45 <laughs> minutes. Let's not, uh, <laughs> let's not dwell on this. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, well, whatever it was. money better. One for you, <laughs> two for me. Well, whatever it was, the stamp yeah. on my wrist was yeah. four stone sevens. Yeah. And I was 14 years of age. I was no spring chicken. I'd been around and I was tiny. But I was 14 years of age playing for country. The eldest, the oldest guy in the city side was nine. <laughs> and <laughs> you and you tore of the shreds. I belted the crap out of them. I head hide them, I grappled tackled, I just smashed them right. Yeah. And that's all I ever wanted to do. I thought, how easy is this? Yeah. This, this rugby league caper, this is, this is pretty good. I scored two tries in that particular particular game and I went home and someone Which isn't that many when you think about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, we only just won and if that's it wasn't a, for me, we wouldn't have won. And I scored two tries and I went home and someone said, what position did you play? I said, wherever I wanted to play because I didn't want no eight-year-old telling me where to go. <laughs> so, but that I was not Peter Matreski might have been that team too. Yes, he well, played. he would have been. He would have been. But that was 1970. In 1971, 
They changed it from weight to age. Nice pricks. And you I never played another game. Well, my footy career was ratchet, gone. <laughs> it was over. It was, it was I, I just never, yeah. So, but someone, I did, I love rugby league to this day. I'm passionate rugby league uh, supporter. I'm a mad manly supporter. I've got to say, and, when I first uh, met Mel and stuff, Mel had this amazing Trans Am. Obviously, Mel was. The, the, the king of the jockey at the time and, yeah, he obviously was making money but he had this amazing Trans Am and it was all maroon and white, maroon and yeah. white seats and had the Eagles uh, ah, so number good. plate it's on it. So, uh, yeah, on today. Yeah, 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 yeah. The number plate was Eagle 1. Yeah. yeah and, and, and I did. I, I'm a mad manly supporter but but I'm a manly supporter up, up front. What I really am is a rugby league supporter. I don't miss any games. I, 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 I just love it. I, I love footy. And I've always wanted to know with you, you know when you had a crack, you know when you had a crack. I had a crack, mate. Yeah, you went good too. You didn't get no I want to know either. when you pack down for the scrum <laughs> in the opposing side, who was the second rower yeah, that would sure hit you on the jaw? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. It was yeah. the, some Cronulla guy. Yeah, well. Yeah, the Sharks, yeah. Didn't you want to fight him after the game? Oh, I just told him that. Yeah, I told him that we, we could do that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to know his name because he was a yeah. pretty brave bloke, yeah. I reckon, whoever uh, yeah. he was. You can be brave and somebody's not looking, you can punch him. Yeah. Why would you want See, to play rugby league? He's not happy about it still, you can tell. No, no. It's not, it's not, it's not, no it's, <laughs> I think he might have squared up. It's a bit touchy. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I um, love it. You know, I'm, I'm like you, man. Like I said, if I could give all – say it every – Podcast. If I could give when I we just done and Peter Sterling, I said if I can give all my belts away to, to do what Sterling's done in rugby league, I'd do it in one second. Yeah, that's yeah. Great, that's all I wanted to do. Want to be a rugby league player. It's a great game. So Absolutely. Great after game. that, they changed the weights. So someone yeah. put you on a horse with Theo Green. Yes. Yeah, my grandfather actually, and uh, the only reason my grandfather because of my stature, because I was so small. Um, so you, you didn't, you weren't a horse person, you hadn't been around nah, and nothing? No, nah, I just wanted to play rugby league. So how was he weekend. hooked up with Theo? Or? Well, I tell you, his son, my uncle, was a guy by the name of Les Coles and he won the 1962 Melbourne and Caulfield Cups on a horse called Even Stevens. Right, yep. But I knew all about it and I, I knew about him. I, I didn't know him that well because yeah. he was away riding in Singapore yeah, yeah, yeah. and all over the place. Um, but because of his um, career in racing, his dad, my grandfather, who we lived in Forbes, he said, I'm going to ring up Theo Green. And, and I'd virtually never been on a horse before. He said, I'm going to ring up Theo Green. It's a handy place to start. Racing. Yeah, well... I didn't even know who Theo yeah. Green was. My and nephew, James Adamo, my little nephew was a jockey. Yeah. Started with Theo yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, and look, he was, he was, was like the Johnny Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. yeah. He was like the Johnny exactly. Lewis, the Jack Gibson of, of, mm. of um, yeah, legendary uh, coaches. Figure, yeah. uh, he, was, he was an absolute freak. And I, and I got a gig there and I was only on a six-month trial basis and you went there and he had a look at you and, and I couldn't ride. I, I used to fall off every second or third day. I was, I was, I was feeling useless. And I didn't want to really be there because I'd never done it before. But I, my family, if your family said to you in those days, you've got to have a crack at doing yeah. this, yeah. you just went and did it. So yeah. I went and did I realised how hard it was. Like, no, I'm just saying, I was shoveling shit every day. And oh, every, up. every day. Yeah, yeah. You get up 3.30 in the morning. I, I was a kid. I was getting up 3.30 in the morning. 
They were shitting everywhere. I had to go out and pick it up. And then <laughs> I had to feed fun. them again. Then they'd shit again. When you're and only I 15. thought, geez, this is over and over and over. This but didn't you get kicked in the head? Didn't you fracture yeah, your skull? Yeah, I fell off a horse landing in front of him and he went over the top of me and trod on my skull cap and it collapsed and I got, I fractured my skull. Fractured your skull. Got 41 stitches behind my right ear and fractured my left ankle. And, and you said, this is for me. Let's uh, do it. Ain't, yeah. How do, you, how do you get back on a horse after that happening? Well, you just do it. I, I I was lucky, and same as Jeffrey. I was born with a gift, and it's finding that gift within the person. One million percent, I say to everybody. And, yeah, I, I, I think everybody in life has has something very special, and sometimes you never find it. Like I said, if I didn't walk into the youth club to have a fight with trying to fight some guys, I would never box in my life because I wasn't there to go to box. I was there. Mm. Trying to have a fight, you know, just yeah. at, the, at, the, at the right place at the right time. That's right. Now, yeah, I, I was just born with a gift. And even today, like kids coming through will say to me, how did you do that? i got no idea. It just happened. And so, it, so you're born with that gift as, to be this great jockey but you certainly weren't born with a gift as a great tipster. <laughs> He's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> you know, it's harder, isn't it? Oh, it's hard. He's tough on me. Oh, it's hard. He's tough. You tip the man two losers in your life and you just got to cop it for three losers. But I loved it. I, I, and, and Miracle, it presented itself to you early you as well. You may ask how, how I got that nickname, Miracle. Okay, how'd you get the nickname Miracle? Give it to myself. Yeah. You weren't going to give yourself a shit one. I've heard you. I wasn't going to give myself a crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Miracle was available and I thought, shit, I'm going to run with it. I'll take that. Um, But it came to you early in in, in the sense you said top ten maybe uh, jockeys of all time, but in terms of apprentices, do you think that what you did as an apprentice is um, the best? Yeah, that was was pretty amazing. Um, I look back on it now. They changed the law, the rules for you. Yeah, they? they did. Yeah, they did. Uh, it'll never be done again, mm. um, and it's something I'm I'm quite proud of uh, because they did change the rules. I apprentices in those days went right through their careers, but their careers went and uh, their apprenticeship went from the time they got to the stables till they were 21 years of age, mm. and you went to finish your career with one and a half kilos, yeah. uh, three pound in those days. Uh, but because what I, what I did in 1976, um, a few of the jockeys kicked up a stink and said, well, tell us what you've done. Well, I, I, I was champion jockey as an apprentice and with that claim I rode 107 and a half city winners. And in those days we only raced Wednesdays and Saturdays. Yeah. Um, and I had an amazing um, um, season and – because of the amount of winners I rode, other jocks kicked up a bit of a stink yeah. and said, oh, this bloke's got a claim, like we've got to do something about it. And they changed the rules that once you rode 60 winners, you lost your claim. Yeah. So. Uh, and you did 60. So how long would it have taken you to outride your claim? Oh. <laughs> Few months, <laughs> six months. Yeah, right. well, <laughs> six freakish, months. Yeah. That, but 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 I, but I was freaky. Like when I, when I say it, free, horses could run for me, and I was with the best uh, coach of all times. Um, that's one thing about jockeys too. I was thinking about it this morning. Jockeys are one of the only athletes um, that haven't a coach that have not got a coach. Yeah, I'll give you an example such. of something. Um, 
the great Kerry Packer, when I when I you ask him about greatness and the the the, the, the sports that he thinks um, have the bravest. He always he always does boxing, motorbike riding, the mm. jockeys. Mm. So yeah. you just imagine being on that horse oh, and yeah. at, at that speed, and you have to go through this little gap. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. fifty kilo bloke yeah. on a six hundred kilo yeah. or so yeah. animal. How and many falls did you have? I, I remember going dozen. out. I remember going dozen. out with you a couple of times, and you riding Sheila's around that <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you can't be too fussy sometimes. <laughs> Uh, joke, joke, joke. Mal, what yeah. do you think? What do you think made you such a successful jockey? I, I've, I've got to say, I wanted it more than the next guy. I really loved doing it, and I knew I was good at it. And I just, I hated running seconds, the first loser, and I hated getting beat. And it was pretty much like anything. Uh, didn't matter what sport I played. I was, uh, I, I just loved winning. And I was a competitor. So fearless, you said fearless competitor. You in the top ten. Who, who are the other guys that you really rate? hundred uh, percent. Ronnie Quinton mm-hmm. was my favourite. He was eight times champion Sydney rider. People forget how good he, oh, yeah, he really was. Your main rival for a few years. Oh, many years, mm. many years, and and to this day, uh, still one of my best mates. Yeah, uh, he's. Super, super bloke, and a, and a great, great competitor. Must one be one, one of the other guys you don't owe any money to, you bastard. Well, well, <laughs> well he, I think he still owes me. He's he's tight. Don't worry about that. Um, but Mick Dittman, yeah. superstar. Yeah. Uh, Mick was always uh, one of the best I've ever seen. Roy Higgins. Uh, Higgins was super. Damien Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, even to, like today, Huey Bowman, Corey yeah. Brown. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, great riders, J Mac, super rider. Mm. Um, but in my time, I've, I've got to say Mick and Ronnie um, were, were my greatest competitors. Mm. And and like we all sit on the sideline, and, and Jeff was just saying then about uh, pound for pound, um, jockeys are great athletes. And I've got no doubt they are. And to control a 600 pound, <laughs> Horse at fifty kilos is not easy sometimes, and we'll sit in the stand and bag them when we. Oh yeah! Oh, What's I'm the best at it now. Yeah. I used to love jockeys. <laughs> now I hate them. Yeah, I hate them sometimes. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, but I'm the first to bag them, and and you forget. Honestly, <laughs> it's quite difficult. It yeah. yeah, it's quite difficult. Yeah, right. You're right. Um, we'll talk about TJ Smith and obviously Kingston Town yep. shortly, but um, one horse we should talk about is uh, getting closer. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, the biggest plunge in the history of Australian racing, and and you got it home. Yep. Came in from a hundred to one, but I think they were betting two hundred to one. Some of them into five to two. Yeah, uh, can you tell us a story around that horse? I, well, you know, this is another true story. Um, I knew nothing about it. Betting <laughs> 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 nothing about it. What are, you, what are you What are you looking at me like that for? Well, well, I, I knew absolutely nothing about it. A bloke, but everyone else did by the yeah, well, sounds. <laughs> That's sort of why you never tipped it to me. Yeah. I was still dirty on you. A bloke called Henry Davis trained it. And in those days, people just used to ring up and book you for rides. And I, I was the leading jockey. It was 1981. And uh, phone rang and I picked the phone up. A bloke called Henry Davis I'd never heard of before. Yeah, right. He said... Uh, Miracle, have you got a ride in the third? And I never had a ride and I said, no. 
No, I haven't. And it was Canterbury on a Wednesday. Canterbury on a Wednesday, yeah. correct. He said, you got to ride on the third? And I said, no, I haven't. He said, my name's Henry Davis. I've got a horse in there called Getting Closer. I said, okay, good as gold, Mr. Davis. I haven't got a ride. I'll, I'll ride it. Cut a long story short, we get, we get the race and I had a look at these horses' form. Run last at Ballarat or something. Run last at Ballarat and last at Geelong. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, what in the frigging hell did I take the ride on this for, <laughs> right? Um, true story. And a bloke called Mark Reed owned it. And I didn't even know who Mark Reed was oh, at right. the time. Yeah. Right. So I go out to the enclosure and this Henry Davis, he used to speak, very good trainer, but he used to speak 100 mile an hour and right. he's, he's giving me these instructions and he's saying, when you... When you jump out of the barriers, make sure you hit him twice around the bum three times get him up there on the speed because he's a real lazy horse. I'm thinking, no wonder he's lazy. He's run last. He's last two starts. And he said, just give him a good warm-up going around the barriers. Anyway, while he's telling me all this, I'm looking over the tote and I see one H, 100 to 1. In those days, that's how it yeah, used to yeah, be signaled. Yeah, the old tote, yeah. And I was like, listen to these instructions, you know, <laughs> this bloke thinks this has got to open. It's 100 to 1. Anyway, I, I, I get on the horse, canter him around the barriers and I'm thinking, Jesus, it feels all right, this horse, you know, he's half a nice horse. But he's 100 to 1, you know, he's got no hope. He drew barrier 3 and when the barriers open, I pulled the stick on him and went bang, bang and he popped straight outside the leader. And I thought, beautiful, they'll be happy now. You know, this Henry Davis lunatic. He's done your job. Yeah, he's given him a sight and he'll trail off. Yeah, he's a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. He's a hundred to one yeah, shot. Yeah. But, but he'll be happy now because I've done exactly what he yeah. wanted me to do. I got to the 600 and I thought, shit, this horse is travelling good, you know, for a hundred to one shot. I thought, oh, but as soon as I let its head go, it'll it'll just tail <laughs> off, you know, it'll, it'll shit itself. I get to the top of the straight and I'm thinking, gee, this horse is still travelling good, you know, but he's a hundred to one. Shit. <laughs> as soon as I kick him in the guts, he'll, he'll go backwards. Anyway, I kicked him in the guts and he went bang, and dash five in front. Absolutely shitty, right? And I'm pulling him up and I'm thinking, Jesus, that Henry Davis is a smart bloke. I just changed my tune altogether, right? I said, Jesus, a smart bloke. Did you see anyway, the toe? This thing shit in. I'm trotting him back to the enclosure and I looked up at the toad. And he was $3.20 wow. on the tape. And I looked down at the number because I thought, oh, shit, I must have got the wrong number on the way out. You know, I'm looking at my number. But he went from 100 to 1 wow. to $3.20. Yeah. Wow. And I knew nothing about it. And when, when the press come in, when I come in on the horse, the press run to me and said, oh, you must have known something about it. Um, have you rode at work? And I, I didn't. I had absolutely no idea. But... I did want to know how Greg Hall got him to run last at Geelong and Bendigo um, mm. because he, he was group one horse yeah. in a maiden at Canterbury on a Wednesday. Yeah. And that horse, when Kingston Town won his last race in 1982, the Kingston Town Stakes in Perth, which in those days was, uh, was the fruit and veg, it is now the Kingston Town Classic. I, I've watched the race um, recently, I think, and, and you sat five wide the yeah. trip and, yeah. and getting closer was inside you and you finished over the top. Yeah, and he was the horse that ran second yeah. well, to wow. Kingston Town. That's, that's how good a horse he yeah. was. He, yeah. he was a group one horse, that horse, and uh, um, they they brought him up unbeknownst to me, put me on him. Uh, Mark Reed 
won a million dollars um, all over Australia and good luck to him. That's, that's, um, so what did he sling you, 10%? No. Well, I got a phone call when I got home and uh, he was at Pruny's restaurant and he rang me and he said, my name's Mark Reed. I, I own that also. And I, I never met him before and I, he said, uh, I've got, a, I've got a present for you. Oh, good. I said, you beauty. <laughs> and it was a half an hour drive and he said, how long before you get here? I said, 15 minutes. <laughs> I said, I won't be real long, I promise you. So I got there and um, said good day to him and he gave me a, a nice little present, yeah, which was great. <sighs> you want to know your mates, don't you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You want to know your mates, don't you? Yeah, how much, Bill? Yeah. Ten. Ah, not bad. Yeah, which is which ten dollars, good. That's right. Johnny Lewis would love the ten (laughs) dollars. Well, I had nothing. I I had nothing to do with it. It was just the biggest plunge of all times, and I I became associated with it because um, could have bought a house in those days. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, it was good. It was very, very good. He looked after me great. And for the uninitiated, and I never rode the horse again. Yeah, right. Well, you're on Kingston Town a lot. Yeah, I never rode the horse. Um, uh, what. Would they have done uh, your understanding to to make him run so poorly oh, in those well, previous starts? Just putting him in races that weren't suitable. Unsuitable. Yeah. Could put something uh, like Peter Matresky on his back. Heavy tracks. Last. <laughs> um, uh, and and look, Henry Davis was right when he said just smack him around the bum and put him up on the speed because if you never did that, um, he hadn't learned to race yet. He could have been shin sore. Yeah. A- anything. You know, he he must have had. Uh, some issues. What would they not have told you before, like uh, before the race, that you know we think this is going to win the race? No, they, they he, just he never said. Yeah, Mel would have really pulled it up. He never. He Mel would have got twenty thousand <laughs> somebody else. <laughs> 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 what are you stupid? Uh, Come on, yeah. you think they're thinking stupid? You're wake so up, rude, Ben. Wake <laughs> up, Ben. <laughs> 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 no, they, 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 honestly, he said, "Look, he just didn't think he needed to." No, he, well, <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> worry. Yeah, yeah, he's a smart guy. Now I'm thinking about it. He, is He's smart, very smart. he never told me anything. Yeah. He never told me anything. And, and uh, I did exactly what he wanted me to do. And he knew the horse backwards. Mm. He's a very, very good trainer. Yeah. Like, and and um, uh, it was just the best executed plan of all times. Mm. It really was. Yeah. Uh, and 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 good luck on my. I'm sure we had a couple of manly fans, isn't it? Who's the who's the greatest manly player you've ever oh, been associated? There's a million of them. There's a million of them, but I go back a long way. One, mate. Uh, Terry Randall was oh, right. Uh, right. Eagle was absolutely one of my all times favourites. Tell a couple uh, of stories about when you did tackling practice and there you crashed him a few times. Yeah, no, I wouldn't go near him. <laughs> <laughs> Even shook hands too hard for me. Uh, but I look, I, I, I go back. Wombat Edie. Um, Johnny Gibbs, mate. Johnny Gibbs. I seen Gibbsy twelve months ago. Oh, did you? And he used to flick his head back, and I. I used to go to every game Even uh, bigger than for you. a long time. Who gives you? Everyone's bigger than me. Petreski's bigger than me. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He is bigger than me. It's a toss-up. Um, but I've got to say one of my all-time favourite Manly players is Beaver Menzies. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh wow. I, what, I about, what a champion person player. as well. Oh, absolutely. Oh, he's a great friend of mine. He's a great guy. Yeah, no, none better than Beaver. And I He's like we all have heroes growing up, and um, uh, you were mine. Oh, well, you were mine. Uh, <laughs> that, that's so sweet, isn't it? <laughs> How did you guys meet? Well, I went to I went to see Jeff fight, man, oh, a long time ago with Colin Love, and he was your manager, I think, yes, he in was. those days. And he said, "Look, I'm managing a really good young fighter, um, and I'm." 
I, we I were the same way. It was for, they wanted us to spar. I weren't going near him. Don't worry about that. But Colin said, you've got to come and, and watch this kid fight because I, I, I was mad on all sports like w- we all are. And, and uh, I, geez, he was only a kid. He was only a kid. I was only a kid. Yeah. And I've, I got was, a, I've got a photo on the wall, Mel, of you and I from Mary 85, Ma- the Maryville Hotel, and you you picked that's the, that's near the bathroom doors that you picked was the Maryville Hotel. But it's yeah. a long time ago. But like I said, um, our relationship, I haven't seen Mel a lot over the, over the years, but just recently um, a mutual friend of ours had passed away, a, a beautiful young boy by the name of Isaac Aquilina. Yeah. And oh, I felt so, look, I was there for a funeral, but to see Mel certainly um, made me happy and that's why he's here today and I'm, I'm so happy that you're here with us, Mel. Yeah, good. It's pleased to be here, mate. And, mm. and as I say, we go back a long way. Yeah. And I used to go to the Marrickville Hotel to watch him fight and he was only a kid, like, and, and to watch him go and do what he did, oh, it was just amazing, you know, absolutely amazing. And then when he got sick, I thought, oh, don't tell me. He's, and, and you just, you you hear about it and you never think it's as bad as what it really is. Yeah. But it was it was really bad and I sort of uh, started to panic. I thought, geez, he's, he's tough but you yeah. can't keep him. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, we all didn't did. want me down there he taking didn't over. Watch you. <laughs> no, he didn't watch yeah. you. Did you do any training together? A lot of jockeys do do nah. some tra- – no. Well, no, he trained too hard for me. Well, no, but some of them, <laughs> we, we trained a lot of the jockeys. Yeah. Me, but I've got a story. Jimmy Cassidy um, yep. used to come up and do a lot of training and um, – <laughs> He tipped me a horse once, man. It was twenty to one, and the week before it won, and we, we had a we, we had a good little learn on it. But this week it was twenty to one, and then um, he came up and wanted to lose a bit of weight, and he wanted to spar a couple of rounds. So of course we put him in with the little wrecking machine, Peter Matreski, and then <laughs> the wrecking excuse machine. Excuse me, because I'm, I'm not be, but fucking Peter broke his rib, <laughs> and he's now off the horse. So me and my partner in, in our in our, a couple of nightclubs, and then in Cairns Arena, who. who, who Betting together, we um, we put ten grand aside to, to, to bet on the, on this horse because the pump said was going to you know it's going to win twenty to one. You know when when he was off, he said, "Look, Jeff, I'm not going to declare it to you, but I still think you can win there." We ended up putting two thousand on it, one at twenty to one. We were going to put ten on it, but so Peter owes me about eight hundred and sixty grand. He's good for it. Yeah. He's good for it. Right? He's been brought up in that Johnny Lewis school. He don't know how tough he is. Matreski, you don't know how tough he is. But then you just mentioned Jock there, and you talk about my top ten. Darren Beeman. Yeah. Darren Beeman. Uh, you'll never see a better eye yeah, than that. Superstar. Yeah, superstar. Yeah. And, and one of the nicest players oh, yeah. you've ever seen. And the other day I ran into him before COVID. I ran into him at the races and it's it's always great to catch up and, and like once you give it away you lose a lot of your friends um, because you you just don't see them on a regular yeah. basis. And and, and I, I seen Beeman the other day. And he watched that Theo Green thing that I did with Theo and Darren was in it and Ronnie was in it. And he said, and I said, he said to me, you forgot, you know when you said about the three Ds, what Theo taught you, determination, dedication and desire. And I said, yeah, mate, and I really meant that. He said, well, you forgot one D. And I said, what are you talking about, you rabbit? And he said, determination, dedication, desire and Darren. I said, you're a dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) Five days. Yeah, he's he's got to give himself a rap all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But as a bloke, as a... uh, 
one of the best you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a superstar, as a sportsman, as a rider and mm-hmm. as a good bloke, he's, he's a champion. It's crazy yeah. that you can be away from people for a while and then you, you catch up and, yeah, you feel this amazing, yeah, um, love yeah. and stuff. And when I see him the other day, the first thing I did was cuddle him. When I heard, because I, I didn't know he was there, and somebody said Malcolm Johnson's here. So I, man, I'm, looking through, well, I'm looking through the crowd. I couldn't see <laughs> yeah. him. Exactly. So I, get, I, I step up on top of the, the car and I'm looking. Then, then I, I spot him, so over I went. And, yeah, 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 it was yeah. great to see him yeah. because um, you, you, you go your separate ways. Mm. You know, every, every, that's how life, what happens in life. Yeah. And, and I haven't seen Jeffrey for quite a few years and it was as – as he said, we we're at a funeral, which is not a great place, but it was a great day that yeah, I got it's, to see. Yeah, it's really great. And I can't know. wait to, you know, after the podcast, we'll organise a dinner and stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's just crazy how things in life happen. Like I said, um, for me, as a fighter, I, I, I was blessed, as you see, my whole I was being able to, to meet the greatest oh. people in, in every sport. And uh, when, I, when, when I talk about Mal, we had an amazing friendship and we had. Done some amazing things together with Mario Fennick and yeah. all of us. We had some great times. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll never forget them. No. Um, it's very special. Malcolm, um, we've been talking about a lot of the great jockeys of history. Where does TJ Smith rank amongst the greatest trainers in the history of Australian racing? Well, he's one of the greatest I've ever seen. Um, lucky enough to ride for him um, and and enjoy my time there. Though. What made but him great? He's He was so determined to be the best. TJ, and he had numbers before anybody else had numbers. It was uh, he never, like Kingston Town, never missed a dance. He, as long as he could stand up, he was going the races. And he had a great bloke in his corner, a bloke called Percy Sykes, who was the best vet Yep, I've uh, met Percy ever. a bunch of times, yeah. And TJ was just, he was tough, hard and... He he never left a stone unturned with him. He was before his time. Chris Waller now at the moment is as good as anyone I've ever seen. Uh, what he does with his horses is is amazing. What he did with Winks, uh, how he nurtured her, uh, was you'd never see another trainer do that. He he was freaky, and he is freaky. He's got a, a how, lot of How horses. dare he win four Cox Plates? Oh, uh, well, uh, Kingston Town won three. And, and before before that, a couple of champions had a crack at winning yeah. three. Northerly, the Sunline. Sunline yeah, yeah. Correct. And and so you think he won, he won a couple. Well, he would have probably if he didn't go. And if he hadn't, yeah, he may have won three if he hadn't gone to Europe. But I said that's it. There'll be no horse ever winning three cock plays. <laughs> and then four. along comes Bloody Winks and wins four. <laughs> um, but w- what Chris Waller did with her to nurture her through so many preparations was amazing. Yeah, people and learn to. I mean, like, I mean, older football players, they don't train as hard as they used to. Exactly. You know, there, are, there are so many techniques and ways to, to make – a horse or an athlete fresher and, and, and keep them fresh these days. Um, Technology certainly um, improved. Mm. Oh, it has. And then, like in, in, in our day with Tommy Smith, um, he he was just tough on them. Uh, but the, the, that old theory, uh, the TJ Smith bone and muscle, it, it, it comes to the fore many, many times. And I was I, I was a very good speed rider. I could get them into a spot, and Tommy Tommy used to love them up outside the leader. And then his training would 
do the rest. I, a lot of the time, oh, Kingston Town, I won 25 races on him and honestly, Ben, you could have won 21 on him. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Malcolm. Sure come on, Malcolm. Come on, Malcolm. All you had to do was steer him, mate. That's all you had to do. Then he wouldn't have won a race. <laughs> and, and going back through his races, you can see that he can race on the speed. He can, yeah. he can come from back. Um, he can win a sprint race. He could go two miles, obviously, yeah. and nearly win a Melbourne Cup. Like he, he Well, the difference the, the difference with him and Wings, and, and I loved watching her. Um, like she was amazing. But – for instance, like a race like the Derby, when I won the Derby on Kingston Town, honestly, there was 18 runners and 17 of them were looking for Kingston yeah, Town. Yeah, I've watched right? the race. And, and you had to go about half I a made three, times. I, I made three runs on him and three times I, w- I went up outside the leader and then they sort of hammered me and got me back, shuffled back a bit, and I made another run on him. Not even winks, you couldn't do that. Um, he was the only horse I've ever seen that you could stop and start in a race and he could still finish off. He was a freak. He was an absolute superstar horse. And in 1,200-metre races he could be last and run over the top of them and knock them over. And then the same prep, kilo and a half overweight for age, Sydney Cup, two miles, just blow him away. He was a freak. Absolute freak. You mentioned the other jockeys out to get you on Kingston Town. Do you think that they had the same sort of pressure on Hugh Bowman on Winks? Did, did did Winks have to put up with that same sort of treatment um, in the modern day as what you did back in, in those well, days? I, I, I've got to say no um, because it, 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 Winks was a little bit lucky because no one wanted to run against him yeah, at the finish. smaller fields as well. And smaller fields and seven and eight runners and Huey could just go back and smoke his pipe and get into a spot and then run over the top of them. It's easier said than done. Uh, of course there's a few jocks um, looking to put her in a pocket. And, but Huey was too smart. He, he, he just rode her like the best horse uh, every time and he rode her unbelievable. Um, where I never had that luxury in my day. There was always, there was always big fields and... As I said, every other jock in the race was looking to see where Kingston Town was. And if they got the chance to um, um, jam him up or whatever, they were always looking to do it. And I got suspended on him a few times, actually. I missed a You got of suspended on everyone. Yeah, 56 times. <laughs> 56 <laughs> times. Yeah. Which is still, still <laughs> probably a bit of a record. <laughs> um, but I still maintain on 52 occasions I was a victim of circumstances. But, <laughs> are you dirty? But, you missed those. Well, you are, but you missed those two cox plates. Yeah. No, yeah. well, uh, no, not dirty um, because I rode. Adds to the story a bit, I guess. Well, uh, it's I, helped with your speaking, probably. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, it has. But I. Honestly, I um, I rode every race I rode in like a, like, like I was a cock player. Well, let, I, I was aggressive. I, I mean, and and you know how they say about footballers: once they cross that white line, off goes Ed, and on goes the pumpkin. <laughs> I was a little bit like that, <laughs> yeah. honestly, because I was under a lot of pressure riding for TJ, and he he demanded excellence. He was that sort of um, boss, and. If someone need, if 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 I drew eight in alley and had to sort someone out to get in, yeah, you do. I'd do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, Matt, we I know I you're do. a great jockey and stuff, but you're also not a bad public speaker. I've heard you talk. <laughs> there's, a, there's that story about you missed that that little. Tell us one of those little 
stories that you tell when you – the speaking engagements, mate. What about it? What about it? You're going to pay him for that. Yeah, that <laughs> could be about your missus or something like that, you know, one of those stories. <laughs> There's one story that you tell me. Yeah, just uh, every time I've, I've gone and listened to you talk, yeah. can I ask some more I Kingston tell that Town story. Well, I normally <laughs> save them stories for for, for, for the a paying audience. Second day, you know, <laughs> paying <laughs> audience. Uh, 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 giving you a bottle of water, right? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> bottle of water. Bottle of water. I got it for nothing. <laughs> I did. Actually, come on, now. Um, I don't know what story it is. Well, just you, I'm sure you can. Invent one for us right now. Invent one? Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us one of, the, one of your little stories right, you tell. Me, okay, I'll do it at the end, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when we finish up. Right. I, I just want to ask you about a few more Kingston Town things. And See, Sorry. Kingston Town. Would you shut up? <laughs> for those who aren't maybe not racing fans, just, you know, fans of the show or Jeff Fennick, um, Kingston Town, an absolute superstar, like one of the greatest of yep. all time, uh, the definition of a champion in Australian racing. I think you won, did you say, 25, 25. races, yeah. rode Kingston Town 30 times, including um, – Kingston Town's first race start, and you ran a distant last. Yeah. What happened that day? Jeez, you've done, you've done your homework. I was going to say this. This man of boxing knows a bit. Let's talk about boxing. We'll go. go He's done day. his homework. Yeah, he did run last, um, and and I'll never forget it because I, I was riding him work, and he was he was working pretty good. He was going along okay. Tommy Smith was away, and Ernie Smith was in charge. His brother. He was his right. foreman. And Ernie used to love to have a bet. And he came over to me and he said, Miracle. He said, You've been riding that black horse Kingston Town. How's, how's he go? I said, Something about him, Ernie. He's just a really, really nice horse. And he said, Look, I want you to ride him work on Saturday morning because he's in next Wednesday. We might might be able to have a bet. I said, Right, Ernie, good as gold. So I rode him work on the Saturday morning. He run up, run up three, and he come run over to me. He said, How'd he go? I said, oh, Don't worry about him next Wednesday, Ernie. You'll just shit in. He's a nice horse, this horse. You allowed to say that? Yeah, you just yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's what I said. We had Graham Henry on last week. We're good to go. <laughs> You're good to go. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, well, he he said. Oh, I said. Yeah, he just went. He said, "Good as gold." Well, don't tell anyone. I said, "No, nah, good as gold." So it was the first race, and uh, he was backed from nine to two into seven to four. And as you know, jockeys don't bet. <laughs> My wife had a pretty substantial <laughs> bet. <laughs> we got around behind the barriers. True story, he, he, drew, he drew barrier three and I just thought he'd pop out and be outside the leader or just in behind him somewhere. And the further we went, the further he got behind. By the time we got to the winning post, I was from here to that back wall behind the second last horse and there was nothing that I could foresee that was wrong with this horse, right? He wasn't lame, didn't hang, hadn't bled. There was nothing that I could foresee that was wrong with this horse. I was bringing him back to the enclosure and I seen this figure charging towards me and I knew he wasn't happy. He had snot flying out of his nose. He had a betting ticket flying out of his pocket. <laughs> Neither was your missus. And, and, and I, hadn't, I hadn't thought of anything. Right? I hadn't thought of an excuse. And he stood over me and he said, Miracle, what happened to that horse? And I straight away looked up at him and I said, Ernie, I think he needs gelding. The last thing I remember him wheeling around on his heel muttering something about the jockey needs gelding. So <laughs> I'm very lucky to be sitting there with me chest. It's a big call. Yeah. Uh, it was. Well, I, I, had to make up, I had to make up something. Yeah, yeah. Well, it worked out. He got, <laughs> he, he got gelded probably the next day, went for a three-month spell, came back and won 19 in a row on Sydney tracks. So mm. protected my own. Wow. Protecting my own. Now, if we're talking about this 
what happened there. Young Brock Jarvis was over in Bangkok and he was going to take one of his balls. He's going to win a 19 in a row. He won 19 in a row. I should have left me. I might try that. Sometimes it works and it worked with his horse. But I was just, I just had to protect my own butt. So I said, Ernie, you got a girl in me. He just was squeezing himself something. And I got it right. And you didn't. He, he won nine in a row. You didn't know it was a special horse before that. You just thought it was a nice yeah. horse. No, he felt like a really, really nice horse, and I mean, give you a real good feel. But he'd never been tested, mm. um, and he, he he was a dead set colt. He was a real boy, um, and he he just felt like a nice horse. But in those days, you used to work him with a partner, and you'd just stay with the partner. Uh, and he was working with some nice horses, but he was always on the bit. First day I let him off the bit, he was hurting himself and they cut him and we got our money back. So it was always a good story. And uh, Ernie giving me a spray, I was petrified to go home to the missus. (laughs) 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 Petrified. But, but, But that's, you know, that's. He was just a freak. The horse was a freak. He, and I rode some great horses over that time, um, like Mighty Kingdom. He ran second to him uh, quite a few times and he was a gr- really, really solid horse. Won the Western Australian Derby, won the George Main on him and he was a really, really good three-year-old but he never got if, – if Kingstown hadn't been around, he would have been a superstar three-year-old. Absolute superstar. But the prize money in those days compared to the prize money today, yeah. there is absolutely no no comparison. Yeah, well, like who would ever think? Winks ended up with $26 million or yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah. And Kingston Town, was, he won 22 races to be the first horse to win $1 million. Yeah, right. Well, like, uh, that's in a race today. It doesn't compare. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. compare at all. And who, who would ever think? That we would have a twelve hundred meter sprint race worth more money than the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just crazy times. Yeah. Well, you brought up the Melbourne Cup. Um, oh, Kingston Town. <laughs> Kingston Town won, won a Cox Plate nineteen eighty with you on board. Then two others that you were suspended, so three in a row, and then yep. went on to the nineteen eighty two Melbourne Cup where yep. you did ride um, yep. and got beat by Gurners Lane. Yeah. What happened that day? I rode him in eighty one as well. Yeah. And got off the winner. Yeah. Just a dash. I won the Adelaide Cup on just a dash. And he ran 20th or something. Yeah, he ran 20th, yeah. yeah. But you couldn't get off. Um, I could never get off Kingston Town to run nah. another horse anyway. But um, in 82, in our game you win by a neck, you're an absolute superstar. You get beat a neck, you're a mug. And in 82, I had 14,000 rides. If I could have one race over again, it would be that. 82 Melbourne Cup because he was the best horse. He was the best horse on the day. We had a game plan. He had a bit of weight and Tommy said, whatever happens, he drew a good alley. He said, whatever happens when you get over the crossing, he said, make sure you get out on him because he was a horse, needed a bit of room. And you notice when I when I used to ride him, I used to I used to always ride him like the best horse, a little, little bit like Huey Rogers yeah. Winks. Um, keep me out of trouble, give him a bit of room. And I was following stable mate, um, uh, Port Carling, never forget it. And I thought, shit, I don't want to be behind him because he'll shit himself at the top of the straight. So, and Tommy said, get out, get out. So I, I got out after the crossing and I got into a beautiful spot 
give him clear running. But because I had such a cushy run, sixth or seventh on the fence the whole race, when I got to the top of the straight, I was travelling and I didn't think he'd accelerate as quick as what he did, but he let down and just went boom and I thought, shit, he's just gone real quick. But you can't sort of say, can't say let's wait boy, and we'll go again. I've gone, yeah. you just got to pray to God that you hang on. Well, he didn't. King uh, yeah. Gunners Lane come and knocked him off. Um, but if I, honestly, if I had that race again, I, I'd just wait. Yeah. Just wait, wait, wait till the cows come home and then they wouldn't have beat him. And was Tommy there to meet you? Yeah, yeah. And he was great. Tommy was great. He, he just said, Oh, those things happen. But then that night went back to Southern Cross Hotel and, uh, oh, shit, he gave me a spray that night. Uh, but it's over now. We get on with the next one. And that's what he was like. You know, he'd give you a spray and, and look, he should have won um, in 82. And uh, but and he deserved it. He I would have given, I would have loved to have won a Melbourne Cup, but mm. it just didn't, it didn't happen. It wasn't, wasn't to be. And then 82, I was on the best horse and he got beat. It's racing. You know, that's the game. It's not an arm or a leg. People, a month ago I was walking down the street and Miri- a bloke said to me, Miracle, what about that 1982 Melbourne Cup? <laughs> I said, for shit's sake, mate, get over it. Get over it. 40 years ago, mate, you've got to get over it. But they still remember. Yeah. Punters remember. And, yeah. and you know, I would have loved to have had it over again, but you can't have things. Like, you yeah. make decisions and that's why I was such uh, – a standout jockey in my time because I did make decisions and I didn't sit back going, yeah, yeah, maybe uh, not ready yet. I'd just go bang and make a decision. And that day the decision I made was the wrong one. Um, and I've had to – I've got more – I probably – everyone remembers. I don't remember what run second in last year's Melbourne Cup, but everyone remembers who run second in 1982. Yeah, Kingston so, Kingston, yeah, that's it. But, but but that's the nature of the beast. That's that's I, I put it down. That's racing. It's not an arm or a leg. At the end of the day, it's a horse race. All right, Mel. And let's hit us with your, your little spiel from. The I, I don't <laughs> even know what spiel it is. You'll have one. Fennec, I don't even know what one it uh, is, mate. Uh, <laughs> a little spiel. <laughs> Only on that note, Mel. Bam. So wanted to have you. Oh, it's a pleasure, with us, And like I said, we'll catch up for dinner very soon. But on behalf of me and the team, uh, thank you very, yeah, very much. Thanks, pleasure, mate. It's uh, ab- absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Mel. Thank Cheers. you. It's great. Thanks, Miracle. Cheers, mate. Champion. Don't forget to subscribe. Standing 8, YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify.